Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Uh, today, May 3rd, um, man, kind of dark and dreary day today. It's raining, but I love it. It's uh, finally I get to wear shorts for once. I don't have to go out there and rep my winter jacket like I did about two weeks ago up here in Michigan. Anyone that lives in the Midwest, I mean, shout out to anyone, man. Y'all know how it goes. Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. Uh, Mother Nature can be uh, very unforgiving, especially come wintertime. Um, excuse me. Uh, it's just, it's been, it's been kind of a rough winter. But finally, we're finally, finally, I, I'm not, we're not even close to summer. We're still in spring. We're finally getting uh, spring break weather. I, I laugh every time because whenever, you know, when school, when it comes to spring break, it's not spring break weather, you know. So if you're not going out anywhere, if you're not going, traveling down south, you ain't getting any spring break weather until now, which is May. So, but uh, with that being said, uh, man, we got we got some things to talk about, man. I mean, right now it's the uh, Jason Winton, uh, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, announced his retirement. I did not know like how effective he was for that franchise. He was in the top five all time in receptions of all time in the NFL. So it's just I just find that just just such a great accomplishment, especially for a tight end. I feel like I don't know tight end. You know, you won't think tight ends won't be so much. I mean, I know they're a big target. I guess maybe some significant tight ends like Tony Gonzalez, uh, Antonio Gates. Um, God, I'm missing one more. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, those guys. But man, tight ends, I feel like that's just a rare thing to see someone like that uh, guy, a guy that size who's known for, you know, predominantly just to be blocking or make a few uh, uh, short yard plays to have that many uh, receptions in his career to be top five all time in the NFL. And, uh, you know, be up there with, like, guys like Jerry Rice. I think Tony Gonzalez is up there as well, which is very impressive for a tight end. But guys like Jerry Rice and Michael Urban and whatnot. So, very impressive. Kudos to him. As much as I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys, kudos to them. But the question is, that lies, is how, like, how is Dallas going to be relevant this year? You know what I mean? How are they going to be known to be in the category of playoff contention? Now, you look at it, look on paper, they look somewhat solid. You got Dak Prescott, Zeke's not going to get suspended for six games, so they'll have him back for the full season. Uh, I had him in fantasy football. He was a freak of nature, so I'm expecting that same energy for the most part when it comes to their offense. Defense can be questionable. Uh, Sean Lee, he's, uh, he's on and off. When he's healthy, he's very good and effective for that defense, but... Uh, Man, he's had his injuries in the past, especially torn ACL. Once you torn your ACL, I know from personal experience, I tore my ACL. You're not the same uh, athlete you once were, but you can still be effective. But you just you're not the same as of who you were before. You know, prime example like uh, Kobe Bryant. He wasn't the Black Mamba we know knew knew him from when he tore his Achilles, and that's known to be you know the worst. Uh, injury any athlete can ever get is a torn Achilles. So, uh, Dallas Cowboys defense uh, going to be questionable. Who knows? Uh, 
Offense looks re- really good. Uh, looking at it, I really think they'll be 10-6. and six. I think they'll make the playoffs, but who knows? The NFC, the NFC in general was tight last year. The Atlanta Falcons and Seattle Seahawks barely made it in, and they were 10-6. and six. Uh, So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the NFC rolls out. You got to think now uh, Philadelphia in their division. I don't see uh, Dallas winning the division at all. I see Philly dominating. I think even the Giants can possibly make a run at it. It's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough division, no doubt. Uh, Giants, you know, they did a pick, big pickup. Uh, I think. Uh, oh God, who was the rookie? They, uh, Shaquan. Let me look it up real quick. I'm. Oh God. I'm spacing out today. I'm so sorry. Oh man. Shaquan Barkley, thank you. Uh, Shaquan Barkley, I think that's a huge pickup for the New York Giants. Take some pressure off Eli Manning. The thing is, what I don't get is I can't take anything away from him. Like Eli Manning is like, I don't get it because during his span, in his career, four times in his career with the New York Giants, just overall in the NFL, he's led the league in interceptions not once, not twice. Not three times, but four times. Four different occasions he's led the league in interceptions. But the thing is, though, if like if the Giants can overcome that, though, they can just just barely get into the playoffs. Eli Manning is the greatest quarterback in the world. It, it you know it just blows my mind. It's like he flips the switch like that. He go like whether you want to admit it or not like I don't get it like he's beaten the New England Patriots not once but twice and yet alone arguably the greatest player of all time in Tom Brady so it's just like I don't know man like it's it's in the writing whether people like to admit it or not you could say all oh, the David Tyree play or the Mari Manningham play the luckiest catches whatever well man he beat him whether you like it or not you know Brady had some luck too with Julian Edelman with that play in the Seattle Seahawks in their in their Super Bowl when Brady when uh, Brady was going for his fourth uh, Super Bowl ring and uh, yeah or no I think it was Atlanta but anyhow uh, there was a play when Julian Edelman was diving across the field and it popped up and it's just one of the sickest uh, Super Bowl catches of all time a standing play by Edelman but anyhow with that being said man. Uh, if I, honest opinion, if you were to ask me like to pick Eli or Brady when it comes to playoffs, I take Eli. Dead ass serious. Like I I know it's blasphemy and you you look at the stats, you look on paper over on who's whose career. Eli Manning, when it comes to playoff, he's no joke. He's not uh he, he's a force to be reckoned with. And that, that's real talk. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. You, like I said, you look at Eli Manning. He look, in the regular season, he looks like a deer in the headlights. He just looks lost out there. He, he looks like a rookie quarterback every season when you see him on the sideline. There's, he, he ain't, he's no Peyton, and he doesn't put up the stats like his brother. But, man, I just, hey, he's got two Super Bowl rings. Peyton's got two. Uh, and he's never lost in the Super Bowl. He's 2-0. So, man, it's just, yeah, it just blows my mind. But I think they got a huge pickup in Shaquan Barkley, the running back from Penn State. I think he, he'll he be in the running, uh, running candidate for uh, rookie of the year. He's definitely got to be a favorite. I, I place a bet on him to win it. I, I ain't going to lie. 
Uh, Fodell Beckham Jr. stays healthy uh, as well. They'll be getting him back. They lost him early in the season. I think, uh, you know, another big addition that they lost last year. So, yeah, like I said, man, that, that, that division for the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. But uh, it, it's all going to lie on the defense for Dallas. Uh, I think they go 10-6, and six, and then, I don't know, like I said, the playoffs for that, the uh, NFC was really tight last year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be wild. But, uh, hey, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back very shortly. Welcome back. This is Injured Reserve Podcast. You're tuning in right now to myself, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So, um... Lately, the big talk lately uh, in the NBA, I should say, is uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, man. The quote-unquote big three didn't exactly live up to the expectations as everyone thought this upcoming season. Uh, Finishing the season 47-35, which is not bad uh, when it comes to being in the Western Conference. Lord knows that's, that's tight, very tight conference. Uh, they almost didn't even make it, and that was a 47-35 record, but they end up going to be like a fourth, fourth or fifth seed, and then evidently losing to the Utah Jazz uh, within six games, which in uh, Donovan Mitchell is playing like he's been there before, and you know his performance last night, man, against uh, Houston Rockets, that's a, discuss- that's a topic for another. But Oklahoma City Thunder, the talk has been about Carmelo Anthony. And whether or not he will risk uh, being on a bench role, being a role player, considering that. Going into his 16th season, if he returns to Oklahoma City Thunder or whoever or wherever. Looking at on paper, if I was a GM and say Oklahoma City, hypothetically, let's just talk. If they let him go, right? They let him go. I am not picking him up. 16-year veteran player, Carmelo Anthony. Man, I don't care what anyone says. I am not picking him up. Uh, over these the last six games, scoring zero points in the fourth quarter, hardly being he's being ineffective. It just man, no. I'm sorry. I'm not taking Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it's just he's just went MIA in those six game in that series against Utah Jazz. Season, like, you look at stats, yeah, phenomenal stats. But, man, like, when it comes to playoffs, like, for real, like, come on now. I mean, it's just, man. The last, I mean, he went he went to the, the New York Knicks, and uh, the prior to Oklahoma City Thunder, his last playoff appearance was in 2013. And, um, yeah, um, they, they made the playoffs in 2013, the New York Knicks, and they had a solid run for the most part. They, you know, they were, they were two seed. They were, they, they were solid. Uh, they made out of the first round, uh, beating the Boston Celtics and then soon losing in six games against Indiana. 
So, man, it's maybe it's just me, but Carmelo, I just don't think he has that it factor. He doesn't have that. that here's what separates the championship mentality to just a great player mentality or a good player mentality. Championship mentality, players like Dwayne Wade are willing to, you know, give up minutes for their team to benefit them in hoping to win another championship. And that's D Wade 14, 15 seasons in coming back to Miami Heat. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll sacrifice, you know, my minutes and be a role player coming off the bench. Makes sense. I get it. I understand it. Father time, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. I'll do it. Whatever it takes to win. Carmelo, not him. He doesn't want to. Doesn't want to sacrifice, you know, it's just, to me, it's just, he's, it's, it's a selfish move. I don't, you know, it's just, no. And I really thought, like, honestly, one of the best teams that he had in his career, I thought, growing up, I thought it'd be the Denver Nuggets back in, I believe, in 2009. Back in 2009 when they had Allen Iverson, and they picked him up, and uh, I'm trying to recall the playoffs here. Uh, yeah, they were, they were a two seed back in the Western Conference. Uh, they beat New Orleans 4-1, Dallas in 5, and then Evan, and soon they lost to the Lakers in 6. But man, you look at that squad, I mean, they were solid. They were a solid squad back in 2009 when he played for the Denver Nuggets. Excuse me. 2009 Denver Nuggets, solid team, solid roster. Like, I know they lost to the Lakers, who were also a great team. But man, you look at the Denver Nuggets... That, that was the year to do it. If not, he should have, you know, stayed before uh, taking his talents to New York. Yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, Chauncey. Yeah, Allen Iverson, Jawan Howard, Chris Anderson, the Birdman for anyone that doesn't remember, J.R. Smith. I mean, that was a solid squad. On paper, it looked great. It looked phenomenal. I mean, Carmelo led the team in scoring 22, then AI, then Chauncey, then J.R., they, they should have won at least the title, or at least made it to the finals. But, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's disappointing Carmelo's uh, career, to be honest. Uh, to me, I think he's overrated, a l- little overrated. Uh, he'll make the Hall of Fame, it, phenomenal stats, but I don't know. Uh, it's just, uh, during the... This this past series, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I just, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what his deal was or whatever, but no one else was willing to take the risk, take the shots, uh, trying to win this series against Utah, and a rookie was, you know, outscoring everyone, and it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's disappointing. I, I really had a lot of high hopes for the Thunder. And as for Paul George, I think he's gone. And I think he'll get a big payday. He'll get overpaid like J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson did. He'll go to L.A. Over, L.A. will overpay for him. That, this is just my theory. But uh, if you're looking for a superstar talent, that's not Paul George. That's not him. It wasn't him with Indiana, and you can see the results with Indiana. I, they took it to seven games against Cleveland. They were just, they were just fine. They're... 
a rebuilding franchise. They're a young team. They're good. they have a bright future ahead of them. Victor Oladipo, Darren Collinson, they, they have a solid squad. They're in good hands in the future down the line. Um, as for the rest of the teams, Toronto Raptors, I think they get swept. They're scared. They're deer in the headlights. You could tell in the fourth quarter. They led the entire game against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home, and they shot, uh, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was like 6 for 24 in the field. They had so many chances to put the dagger in the heart, put the nail in the coffin against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And LeBron James, like, you know, he put on he put on a clinic, a uh, triple-double. Shooting was a little off. He shot about 41%, 42%. But nonetheless, you know, his players finally stepped up for him. Uh, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith put up 20 or so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see, Toronto just looks scared. They look fine for the first three quarters, but come fourth quarter, come clutch time, no one, no one's willing to put in the effort. No one's, you know, has that winning mentality. They just, they look already defeated. LeBron James, you know, in the fourth quarter, hit that clutch shot, that fadeaway, that was really smooth to uh, to tie the game. And it, he had a good look with .7 seconds left in the fourth quarter. They had the ball game. Uh, they they had the ball to win the game in uh, regulation. And LeBron just uh, he had a he had a good he had a good look. I thought it was going in, to be honest. But uh, I I think Cleveland sweeps them. But I, you can tell. I think this the fur. It could be just me, but like I said before, LeBron played for the first time in his career all 82 games in his 15th season. He looked tired. He looked tired. And uh, in you know game one against Toronto, that seven games against Indiana took everything it, it had out of him. And, you know, they had no one else to look but himself in the mirror, though. Because everyone said, oh, you know, Cleveland won the trade with Boston. Kyrie, uh, you know, we'll be fine with Isaiah, yada, yada, yada. Got D. Wade back. They'll be fine. You know, and it's just like, all right, you know. So, it's like everyone was saying LeBron has the help. And all of a sudden, you don't have the help. You overpaid for Tristan Thompson. You overpaid for J.R. Smith. He wanted to keep J.R. Smith. They overpaid for him. Kevin Love, he's been if he's been inaccurate lately. I don't know why. He was fine last year in the playoffs. I know he has that hand injury, but man, you got you got to adapt and overcome. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just you don't you don't know which play what what te- what kind of Cleveland team is going to show up. If this Cleveland team, like they did, show up in Game One against Cle- or against uh, Toronto. And LeBron is actually on his ball game with shooting, you know, like he usually does, 50% from the field. Then, man, uh, yeah, I could see him going to the finals. But that's not the case, though. That's the problem. The only consistent player on that team is, of course, the king. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, Toronto looks scared. They already look defeated. I love DeMar DeRozan, you know, Kyle Lowry and all those guys. But, Man, to me, they're overrated. They are. Uh, Cleveland beat them twice this year in the regular season. Cleveland hasn't lost to the Raptors. They didn't even lose to them once last year. So, I don't know. Like I said, someone has to have that mentality of give me the ball. Because everyone just looks scared in the fourth quarter when it comes to the Toronto Raptors. But, yeah, it's just Cleveland will sweep them uh, easily. No problem. I, uh, game two is tonight uh, back in Toronto, but 
Toronto or Toronto's got to get swept. And um, as for Boston and Philly, uh, Brad Stevens deserves Coach of the Year. And Toy, Terry Rozier for the Boston Celtics, man, what a player! He's he's come out of nowhere. Um, I think I think Philly would still win the series though. Those they still look promising. It was just you know just that game, so they'll be all right. But uh, mad props to Brad Stevens, the coach for the uh, Boston Celtics. He's done a great job. All his key players have been falling left and right. First Gordon Hayward, then Kyrie Irving. I thought, man, this guy's been able to keep his team cool, calm, and collective the entire season once once Kyrie got hurt. So it's just, you know, it's one thing having a star player on your team, you know, lead lead the way. But once your, you know, your two top players, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, get hurt, it it's all going to remain on how the coach does. And he's done a wonderful job. He deserves coach of the year. And uh, another player, uh, another person that deserves an accolade, rookie of the year, is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he balled out last night against the Houston Rockets. He showed James Harden and the rest of those widely vets what's up. You know, Utah, Utah ain't scared of him, especially a rookie. And, and they should have known that when they beat Oklahoma City Thunder. It's like, Donovan Mitchell, he ain't scared. He has that Russell Westbrook in him, but I think he's a better shooter, though. So, I'm going to be fair. I'm a Westbrook fan, but Donovan Mitchell, I'm a fan as well, and he's a better shooter. And he's he showed that in, against the Thunder. So, but man, it's just Donovan Mitchell, great job. Uh, definitely can be a threat to Houston, but I think Houston would take it at six, though. I think they'll turn up the notch. And Steph Curry's back for Golden State. He balled out. He put up 28 points, and he didn't even play that great. He had six turnovers. Golden State, you know, they're back to the old self, so. But, hey, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, I'll talk to y'all shortly. Welcome back. This is Engine Reserved. So, doing a little something, I'm going to be switching up here and there. You know, I like to talk about comics and anime and sports and things of that nature, but I also like to talk music too. So, this is just a question for the rest of y'all. Any of y'all that are listening in, if you, this is just kind of a challenge I like to do for myself as well. And it kind of, uh, it constantly fluctuates here and there. I guess it all depends on the mood as well. But for me in music, it all depends on, you know, like I said, the kind of mood and type of environment, the type of vibe and energy. So for me, I did this thing is if you had to choose five albums for the rest of your life, what would they be? So personally for me, like when it comes to, you know, I guess your top five, but you had to, it, top five albums, but you had to listen to them for the rest of your life. That's it. What would they be? And so personally for me, one of my all-time favorites, I, I wasn't big, the biggest hip-hop fan, hip-hop fan until I was like 14. And that all changed until I got my hands on uh, Tupac, Me Against the World. And to this very day, when I was that little 14-year-old kid, all the way until now, I can still listen to that album from front to back. I love that album. That was one of my all-time favorite albums. That's definitely, that's in my top five. Like, that album just never gets old to me. I don't know how many times I listen from front to back. 
but man, me against the world, once I got that, uh, it's just, man, something about that album, it's just, it, it, I can relate it to so much, you know, it's just one of those few albums I can just listen to from front to back, which is very rare, and I feel like that's rare for a lot of people, you know, so, <clears throat> or can relate to it for that matter, um, Oh man, definitely uh, Tupac, Me Against the World, definitely, that's number one for me, no doubt. I never get tired of that of that album whatsoever. It's just, man, it's so impactful, and a lot of people, even a lot of artists today, like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, cite that album as being one of their favorites as well. And for good reason, too, you know. So, um, another, uh, number two on the list uh, really, n- not in in any order on which is better or worse, you know. So, or any, I should say, none of these are to be re- related to chronological order. Just top five in general for me, my favorites. Uh, Lincoln Park Meteora, if I pronounce that right. But their second, their second album, their first album, amazing, of course, uh, with uh, Hybrid Theory. But Meteora. Uh, their second album, definitely, again, uh, front to back, every song I love just doesn't get old. Um, that was definitely the the uh, big era in the early 2000s, late 90s, of the, of the whole uh, genre of new metal uh, mixed with rap and rock and punk or whatever you want to classify it as. But uh, Mike Shinoda and Chester Bennington... Uh, man, they were at their best during that time, man. Um, sad, sad to hear the news when Chester passed away uh, last summer, but man, that, that album will definitely, again, uh, from start to finish, doesn't get boring. Not a bad song on there. Just amazing. I love it. So, yeah. So, Tupac, Me Against the World, Linkin Park, Meteora. Definitely uh, albums I can listen to nonstop. And, and if I had, you know, get to choose for the rest of your life uh, I'm fine with that those playlists as well uh, this is where it gets uh, a little tricky for me it's a little tough I'm just I'm scrolling through my my uh, music library as we speak ah oh, god man it's it's tough uh, top five all time or favorite five whatever you want to call it if you had to choose five albums for the rest of your life that's it. What would they be? Um, next, honestly, I'll probably have to go Metallica and Justice for All. Uh, any old school metalheads probably would quote that this uh, one of their best works. Uh, a lot of people say their be- Metallica's best album uh, would be uh, Master of Puppets. Uh, great album. I just enjoyed Injustice for All more. Um, sorry, I got caught up on something. Uh, anyhow, Injustice for All, uh, just, again, um, that's my favorite Metallica album, all, all of the, uh, their discographies. I like, a lot of people don't like their new music they come out with. I like it. Uh, I really haven't had a problem. I, I enjoyed their old and their new music, so I had no problem with that. Metallica and Justice for All. Um, so definitely that'd be my third album uh let's see man it, it's tough uh this is this is tough to choose here oh man 
let's see what else we got here. Next, I would probably have to say, honestly, wow, this is tough. This is tough, tough, tough. I'd probably go uh, Eminem, the Eminem show. That would be his third album that he came out with back in uh, early 2000s, 2002. The Eminem show, definitely at number four. Um, man, Say Goodbye to Hollywood, Without Me, Sing for the Moment. Probably my favorite song on that album. One of my all-time favorite Eminem songs. The uh, Eminem show, definitely at number four. Oh, man. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 you know, it's just got that vibe of, uh, you know, we all know Eminem isn't the same as he is now compared to back then, but back then, I think he was more off, he was unfiltered, he, he just didn't care, and man, uh, clean out my closet, or, um, what was that one song, my dad's gone crazy, <laughs> Superman, man, he was just, you take, you take anyone, any real Eminem fans uh, will know out there. You take when M started compared to now. Definitely, definitely different. A lot of people don't like new Eminem. I don't mind it. I didn't, you know, Revival, uh, his new album was okay. I didn't mind it. It was something different. Uh, politically motivated. It seems a lot of things are politically motivated nowadays, uh, whether in music, TV shows, movies. But it was okay. It wasn't bad. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, not his best album, but I enjoyed it. I could listen to it. But, uh, yeah. Old Eminem, definitely a lot more darker than he is now. And, um, man. Uh, wow. A fifth album I could listen from front to back would have to be... Man, oof, this is tough. I know I said like a lot of albums, like I can listen, or there's very few albums I can listen from start to finish, but, oh man. I would honestly have to say, I gotta go with J. Cole, Four Hill Drives. When he dropped that, I was still in the service at the time, I was still in the army, but man, when... J. Cole dropped 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Man, that I swear almost that whole entire album was being played on the radio. You heard Ed, J. Cole was everywhere. 14 was definitely his year. Forest Hills Drive, definitely a great album. Um, January 28th, Tale of Two Cities, Wet Dreams, uh, No Role Models. Definitely another album that I can just relate to, uh, especially, especially with Wet Dreams. Because, man... Uh, how many rappers can you name about talking about, you know, you know, just trying to get laid as, you know, back in high school and everything you said was true though. Everyone's first time is nervous. Everyone's hyped. And, you know, especially as a guy, I mean, he speaks, he speaks the truth, you know, trying to get laid for the first time, you know, talk about sex, simple as that. That's a rare thing to hear nowadays. All you hear is, you know, you know just the, uh, you know, he just, it's simple things, you know what I mean? With Wet Dreams, it's just talking about your first sexual encounter. So, definitely, uh, again, yeah, that'd be number five for me. So, uh, I gotta give up for Tupac Me Against the World. 
Linkin Park, Meteorola, Metallica, and Justice for All, Eminem, The Eminem Show, and then J. Cole, Four Hills Drive. But, uh, man, I want to hear what the rest of y'all think. Anyone that's listening in, I want to hear your top five. If you had to choose five albums for the rest of your life, what would they be? I, I want to hear, I want to hear the, the viewers on this. So if you could give me your input, that'd be great. I would love to hear that, man. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely give me your input on that. Um, the, it's just, yeah, those albums for me, if I could just put it in a playlist and mix it, I'd be fine with that. Just put on shuffle. No need to, you know, put a few songs here and there. Just put in one big mess playlist and just let it shuffle that'd be awesome i i have no problem with that i listen to everything uh, truth be told i listen to all genres i got no problem the least genre i probably listen to is probably uh probably country maybe r&b i don't mind country i find it you know i hear a few good country songs here and there i don't mind but uh don't really care for it you know if it's playing cool if not i'm really i really don't prefer it to be honest but when majority of your best friends in the army are from the south like tennessee georgia uh texas then you're gonna hear a lot of country uh r&b is cool don't mind it I, michael jackson don't mind it um uh, the weekend you know uh Aaliyah. Um, may she, may God rest her soul. She was, she definitely, definitely one of those artists that was died too soon. But man, uh, like I said, I just want to hear the rest of y'all's, uh, opinions, uh, your top five. Um, like I said, uh, stipulation top, uh, if you had your, your top five that you had your top five albums that you could listen from start to finish for the rest of your life, what would they be? I gave y'all mine. I hope to hear some of y'all's uh, perspective, your opinions on what you got. So, um, yeah, um, man. Uh, with that being said, um, that that uh, that pretty much sums up the rest of this episode of my podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed what I've been putting out so far. Give me some uh, some feedback on anything, sports, movies anything. I I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all listening in. And this is Mitchell Anderson signing off.